I know you don't watch as much trash as I do, um, but I, I watched that Indian matchmaking on the Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, What's that? Oh, you don't you do not need the overview. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, just just know that there's this one part where this like um, I want to say obnoxious woman, but she's really not. She's just really self assured, I suppose. Uh, goes on like dates with these guys, but like she's yawning throughout. But this is like actually one like someone she's. You know when they do those cut-asides, like the docu-style, and they're like, so tell us what you're... And she's like, oh, I was really into him. I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Meanwhile, the other guy, like when they ask him, like his point of view is like, well, she was yawning. How interested could she have been? Yeah. in front of a live studio audience okay we are here again for another week of can you confirm that how are you guys doing welcome to series three episode four uh i hope you guys have had a great week we're excited to be here we're excited for you guys how did the poll go we have results i think i should go take a look eh? um I mean, it's not fair because we're not full, well, not fully done the week. Yeah, but, we uh, can wait on it. Why don't we do a check-in on it? Yeah, um, we won't be able to tell people when the week is over. <laughs> we can, we could tweet it or something, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, so I, I think one of the interesting things was that uh, we've got some votes in, and, and 40% of them are kind of clicking in on the other um, you know, Netflix and HBO are doing their part. They're holding down like 20% of the vote. Disney's not up there as much as I thought. Prime's not up there. Uh, the other, though, I'm, I got to say, man, this is probably locking down Apple, right? It's the only one I didn't actually label in the poll. Oh, it's got to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So my theory is that Apple TV is just knocking out other because uh, I kind of wanted to see if that would be the case. And it's actually kind of bearing out as I thought. I mean, Maybe YouTube? I don't know. Others. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Other can take on the Tubi of the world. Uh, somebody might be in love with a Roku show, for all I know. Um, but there's so much that can be caught in that that you. But you'd have to think of of the others. What it? What's the top? Right. Apple, probably. Right. Yeah. Driving, driving the bus, man. A lot of people do seem to like shows on Apple TV. Not that we're sponsored this week by them, but if they, if we were. We tell you all to buckle in for the, the last season of Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's just exciting to see things happening, guys, in the headquarters there at uh, cyctpod.com. You should check it out. Yeah, the headquarters are getting busy. At some point, there might be mouse pads in the future. Who knows? I noticed my Twitch is on there, but I uh, basically <laughs> never yeah. use it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I stopped even paying for it. So I don't know. But it's included with. Uh, Amazon Prime, so I must. Why not, right? Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, that's that's a interesting way to tell everybody to go visit your Twitch. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go visit, and uh, if enough people go there and watch Maybe my I'll, non-stream, yeah, you know, I'll log in. <laughs> it happens, man. You sometimes open apps you forgot you had. Mm-hmm. Do you for like breakfast couple. for dinner? Uh, uh yes, actually, mm. I do. Not often, but I think once in a while it's it hits the right spot. I had it today. Okay. Um, I like it with a beer, though. It's got to have a... You got to, like, change it up from having breakfast, and I like it with a beer. And beer cuts, like, the bacon and the greasy, like, the fried egg thing very well, I find. Yeah, I'll give you that. Did you go out, or was that at home? At home. That's an interesting decision to make at home. Well, Not I can't that, like, trust the... You know what I mean? bacon and home fries at restaurants too salty I guess, I guess the wonderful thing about like a 24 7 all day breakfast is that you could roll in at 2 a.m and get beer and coffee and it wouldn't really matter would it <laughs> yeah that's true i just can't eat their breakfast anymore yeah. my dietary restrictions force me to make it at home a lot of turkey bacon in your life now it actually turkey bacon is really bad for you 
It's just e- if it's, it's the equal sausage. salt. Yeah, I was going to say if it's the equal amount of salt, it won't really matter at the end of the day. Yeah, low sodium bacon. Much better. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm into the lightly salted chips. I live there. I'm there, man. I'm, I'm yeah. You know, fist pump. Good. They have, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> they have they have like low sodium Pringles. If you're lucky, you can find them on occasion. Yeah. You know, there's like uh, they're making things. Things are out there for me. <laughs> uh, I see it. I see it a lot. It's either lightly salted or reduced salt. Um, I generally pick it up anyways because. Uh, if you need to have too much salt in something to make your thing taste good, it's probably not a good thing in the first place. Right, right. Right. So, like, that's... I mean, like, potato chips still taste good when they have, like, 40% less salt because fucking potato chips are amazing. Um, But there are certain things, right? You know, what's funny. Sometimes the things that are called salt flavor have have less salt than things like barbecue. Because if it's just salt as the flavor, they don't need to put as much as if it's like a barbecue chip. Okay. Um, that makes sense, I suppose. <laughs> I know it's I know it seems weird, but like uh if you think about like there's like some crackers. Uh there's like these pita crackers things that I buy. Oh yeah, I, I see where you're going. Yeah. Okay. And like the salt flavor, sea salt or whatever, is actually has less sodium than, you know, like the Herb and garlic or whatever. So one wonders exactly like how you make fake salt. <laughs> yeah. Like is it like an artisan created diamond? Or We've had that. More chat. salt. To... Yeah, it's interesting. But um it got me thinking of cereal. I eat cereal every morning. I know it's like not a lot of people eat cereal at my age every morning. <laughs> but, uh, uh yeah, every morning's a bit of a trip. Yeah, almost every morning. There are occasions where I miss it, but I'm uh, I have like a pretty set schedule, and um, I have to eat breakfast every morning because I have pills and things to take. So, okay, I make sure that I eat a bowl of cereal. Uh, and I thought about the worst cereal. Have you ever Useless. had? <laughs> you're close. Have you ever had shredded wheat? Like the original shredded wheat, not mini wheats. No, yeah, I've did. I have, uh, yeah, man, I grew up on stuff like shredded. Uh, I was a, I'm a Weetabix fan, right? So like, I lived in that ballpark for a bit. But shredded wheat's like that big, the big loaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the appeal of that? Just a well, single it, loaf. It's, sitting it's in like your bowl? no, but it, it. That's not what you're supposed to do with it, man. Like you heat the milk a little bit, you put the loaf in, and uh, you kind of pull it. You pull it apart. It's like a pulled pork cereal almost. No. It, yeah, yeah. You you pull up part the shredded wheat brick so that it becomes like a big, like a pulled cereal, I guess. Right? Like that's. I mean, that's why I've always loved Weetabix as a kid. Like it was just <laughs> like you put the shit in, you like wait it a bit, and you just let it all dissolve, mix it up. It just um, seems unappealing. The putting when you yeah. say. You put the loaf in. Just sounds wrong to me. Right. But all of that's kind of a dangerous slope, right? Because none of that stuff tastes good without, like, two tablespoons of brown sugar. You know what I mean? So it's not a yeah. great way to start the morning, but it's it's one way. Well, you know, the two tablespoons of brown sugar might be still less than, like, eating a bowl of Frosted Flakes. So you never know. I feel like cereal's on its way out anyways. People are into, like, the yogurt and berries and granola now. All the fancy, fancy things that you can find at a Starbucks. I hope cereal. You know I, mean? I, I don't know. I think cereal's going to stay strong. It's a great, uh, it's a, what you call an apocalypse food. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, you know, if somebody's like, hey, guys, meteorite, uh-oh. Like, you know, the Simpsons episode where you have like a two weeks heads up that the world's about to end. Yeah. So you like, you start like putting your shelter together. You're not going to like load it up with like fresh berries and yogurt. You're going to grab, like, boxes of fucking Rice Krispies. Stuff that's going to, like, I mean, like, it's... You need to have some of that apocalypse food, if you will. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Things like that will go on sale for the first time. Like, berries will be cheap, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, fresh food will be... (laughs) uh, It'll be very expensive for, like, a week. And then when it's, like, the last crop, it'll probably be pretty cheap, because, like... I don't know, like, Everything you know, actually, no, <laughs> no, hold on. It's 2022, John. And I think we've got to get to a point where we've got to stop giving people credit. 
Uh, I think we've gotten to a point where now me and you, we have to wake up and realize that people aren't smart enough to do that. What you will see, of course, is lettuce on eBay for a thousand bucks at the very last pop. Yeah. The last loaf of lettuce. The last loaf, loaf of loaf. Yeah. The, the last a, head of lettuce. Head of lettuce. I was going to say, what do you call lettuce? Yeah. Right. And like somebody's going to try to ship it to you via FedEx, like just in an open cardboard box. Moldy lettuce <laughs> for a thousand bucks. Jeez. Eh? Yeah. I bet they better meet that delivery date. <laughs> an NFT waiting to go bad. <laughs> I could sell you an NFT of the last lettuce head. <laughs> It's my J- JPEG of lettuce. <laughs> yeah. And it'll always be mine. My goodness. But that that would be bad. What's the what's the worst cereal other than uh shredded wheat? That like you just ate all of those? The frosted wheat family? Uh, or no, are you like okay I, with like I don't the... mind a mini wheat. Mini wheat's alright, eh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh have you taken this information like online? Have you told people that you're not a big fan of shredded wheat yet? Like you mean like reached out and asked people to uh, share their opinion on something of mine? Yeah, like no, but I mean, have you gone to like shreddedwheat.com and told them your your thoughts on how this could be improved? The That's shredded wheat experience. These days, it seems like everyone has an opinion of everything on. Yeah, of course. And but, and sometimes uh, without even knowing what they're talking about, I guess. Yeah, you know, I'm of I'm of the opinion, even though I <laughs> host a weekly podcast, that um, not everybody's opinion should be shared about everything all the time. We're not all professional critics, right? No, no, I'll give you that for sure. Um, I think that's one of the lost arts, isn't it? Don't you miss like critics? Yeah. Yeah. It's I just, do. it's like, and, and people that you can actually be like point to and be like, oh yes, when I see this name behind this article, be it for food, restaurant, theater, art, music, um, you kind of trust it. Remember like when, uh, getting like four or five mics in the source was a thing right? yeah, for hip hop or- heads, right? Like, you know, like that was a thing. Um, Rolling Stone, of course, always yeah. was important because the people who were doing that work were, um, I, you know, it's very hard to define what a critic is, but I guess it's just someone who's better at discerning things than not, right? Like it's, do you have a fine line? I know exactly what my fine line is between like fine. what's. Like what? What makes a critic, and what makes like just someone who's like a blowhard who wants to have themselves heard? <laughs> well, I know. I like. I for me, I know what it is. I guess it's like depth of experience. Sure. I think for me, it's always like. Here's the difference between a critic and a troll. All right, a critic will say something like, "The movie was lackluster in pacing. The action scenes fell apart." Uh, the director seemed to be more interested in spectacle than story. The actors, however, did bring a performance that was redemptive in some way, right? So that's your critic. Your critic's going to tell you the truth about what actually fell apart, and then we'll say something, at least one nice thing. A true critic will have, because their job is to find the redeeming quality and shit, mm-hmm. right? Their Their job is to find, walk into a bathroom that stinks and be like, you know what? The mirrors are nice. Like, that's just their job. Whereas a troll, a troll's whole purpose would be, uh, this thing was trash. End of tweet. Right. Why? Why was it trash? Right? Like, and even, and, or, the best ones are when it's like, well, what, did you like anything about it? And it's like, no. <laughs> well, okay, then... You're going to have to admit that this one just wasn't for you. Like Maybe you're not even allowed to review or give an opinion because it just wasn't for you. And the people who it was for are probably the most informed to let other people who it's for know if it's good or bad. That's my take. Yeah, I think that um, these days uh, the job of being a, a reviewer is like 
there's so many people that are giving their opinion on media. Almost more people giving their opinion than there are shows and like media to consume. Like at one point there was like Siskel and Ebert and they basically told you whether or not a movie was good. And now it's like everybody, like there's like 500 channels reviewing three movies or something. And you just, you can get different opinions depending on where you want to go and what serves you as opposed to one opinion that should serve everyone. Yeah. You want, yeah, I, I keep pulling on this thread, man. You're right. I mean, it like in the long run, your own opinion should always be the one that you go with. So you should always, if you're interested in something, you should always take it in for yourself and make your own decision. <laughs> I'm big on that. Like there's lots of things that I like that have been bat poorly reviewed and lots of things that I dislike that are critically acclaimed, you know, and that's my opinion and it's valid only to me, but that's the only person in the end that really matters to me as far as whether I like something or not. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, now, now the dangerous game that can be played sometimes is when uh, you let your own personal bias inform your opinion, though, right? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's one of those things where, uh, and I think it's everybody's right you have this this is everybody's choice to make but i've kind of actively made this whole choice of like i will watch or or kind of chase after things that i maybe normally wouldn't because i know what i like and what i like is absolute trash and bubblegum popcorn so if i live in just that world i'm not going to be nearly as informed as i want to be so i have to force myself to watch something not like, I don't even want to say force myself, but like, I have to make the active choice that like, you know what? I want to watch something like Coda because I have no idea uh, what, what it would be to be the child of a deaf, uh, deaf adult, but okay. maybe watching this movie helps me get empathetic in some way or experience and blah, 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 right? Like I'll go that way. But like, if you leave me to my devices, I'm going to just be watching Jackass and the Expendables nonstop, right? <laughs> so... Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but, but some of those are good. Like, I remember when the first Expendables came out, it was like 95% fresh. <laughs> even the critics were like, yeah, man, this is one of those things for the time. You want it, right? Like, it's even the ones who knew were doing their job properly liked it. But I think by the time you get to three or four, you also are like, okay, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm right now I'm playing a game uh, that got really poorly reviewed. And, um, it was free to download, so I thought I would try it out. And I got to tell you, man, I'm loving it. Like, I'm really enjoying it. I Someone messaged me. Someone saw that I was playing it, and they're like, oh, you, you play that trash? And I got to say, like, I didn't even reply to that person because I have nothing. Like, I don't know if they've played it, and that's where oh, they're. Isn't that a dangerous one? Yeah. I have a feeling they haven't. There's yeah. review, like, I understand some of the negatives I can see, but those don't affect me, and the enjoyment of the game is still there for me, and um, I'm just happy with it. And you, it's Marvel Avengers. <laughs> right. I mean, I think it happens in a bunch of different ways. Um, I'll give you an example of something that I thought the critics didn't like, but I understood why they didn't like it. But I expected the audience to be much more on board with, but they weren't at all. Hmm. Um, Judd Apatow's The Bubble with like Pedro Pascal and like all those people hmm. in the hotel. I just, it felt like one of those things that people seem to hate it a lot more than they should have. Like it wasn't, I mean, I've watched some really bad comedy movies and you walk out kind of being like, oh my God. But the way it got so visceral and that there was like a segment of the population who was ready to be like that Apatow should never be allowed to make movies again. Like, right. was it that bad? <laughs> like, right, I right, don't right. know if it was. I mean, have you guys seen Dude, Where's My Car? Right. <laughs> like, it's like, what are we what are we basing this again? Like, can we grade on a curve? 
Are we like, allowed to? I mean, your co-host's opinion of like Ryan Johnson. Yeah, but I mean, listen, <laughs> you're allowed to be like, I don't like the Star Wars thing. But if you watch Knives Out, you should probably be like, you know what? That wasn't bad. Like, I, I mean, like, you don't have to love it either. But you should be able mm-hmm. to understand that at least there's a difference between like no one can. Like, I think there has to be some self-awareness in this idea of like. There's no way Hollywood and people who are executives are dumb enough to keep handing him keys to projects if he's bad at what he does. Sure. Like, Looper doesn't make sense, but yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's good. At, and when you put it in the context of, like, that was his third feature film ever, I think, after mm-hmm. making two indies. Like, that was his first real, here's the keys to a studio film. Not bad, right? And you got Bruce Willis to cooperate on a set? That's like... Yeah. That makes you legend in most other directors' minds, right? Like, that's usually not easy to do. So, good. And we found right? a little like, bit more out with, about Bruce Willis, but yeah, still. Yeah, I mean, but that was a, that was probably, I don't want to say I know when he was diagnosed or anything, but that felt like that was a good 15 years prior to. Hmm. Not to say that, let's not open the Bruce Willis can, because, like, I feel like he's been shit on a lot too recently, right? Yeah. But for no good, no reason, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, to go back to Marvel, right? Nice. Marvel, yeah. uh, Marvel stuff has been hit hard lately with the uh, peer and uh, amateur critic reviews of late. It's it seems like it's endemic over there, but they figured out maybe now um, on I think what is this the fourth or fifth project mm-hmm. that's kind of gone through this crap with them that like they've I think they've now figured out how to. Maybe mark pre like mark it back against the the groundswell, if you will, right? Because um, all of a sudden you've got like uh, re- reverse reviewers, almost mm-hmm. like there's there's almost like armies of people who love things for no reason now too. Yeah, we almost have to have like it's gonna even out hopefully into like a fair score if we have two camps. Yeah, but I mean, man, this isn't like a government. And like, I mean, our theory here on this podcast has already been for like a hundred plus episodes that like even government <laughs> should have some nuance and not just be like black, white, left, yeah. right, blue, red. Like, you know what I mean? Like there should be more to that. But now if you want to make every artistic creative project that comes out into like love it or hate it, two camps and that's it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to be able to sit there and be like, you know what? The the story was kind of lame, but man, it was shot really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know who that benefits? That benefits Zack Snyder for me. You know what I mean, like, uh, or, or whoever made Sin City, right? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, uh, who, like those kinds of things where it's like, man, that looked cool. I don't know if I really cared so much about the dialogue, which was really stiff, right? Mm-hmm. But like, if one thing makes you hate it entirely then i'm never gonna like anything and i don't want to live in a world where i have to hate everything doesn't seem right so what's happening so there's a new term called uh review bomb out there where basically like i can probably explain this but i think you can explain this better oh Um, i think you can explain it better but i mean if you want me to i can read you like that well i guess where it happens mostly (laughs) is imdb who allows like the non-professional critic, like amateur uh, users, I should, I guess a user is the best. Anyone who has an IMD log, IMDB login can rate a title and that rating will go towards its average score. So that means that me, you, you know, my mom who doesn't even know how to log into IMDB can all write a review and it can weigh equally Whereas like something like Rotten Tomatoes uses has an audience score and a critic score, you know, um, so like a more experienced uh, score and like you know an, an, an amateur score. Yeah, right. those are both taken into account. So, I guess what happened is even before the episode released, and we're talking about um, She Hulk, I guess in this case, it's been crazy review bombed uh, even before the first episode was released with scores of one out of 10 stars. And I actually have some stats. I don't know if you had the stats about it too, but it's the highest uh, 
released Marvel show uh, with one star. It has thirty, almost thirty six percent one star ratings. Uh, and the the other one that's competing with that is Miss Marvel. So we're seeing two female. There's a trend here. We're seeing two female led uh, superhero dramas that are both getting really high one rating scores. Yeah, but I do and st- what about Captain Marvel too, right? This is like a pattern almost with the... Because right? mm-hmm. that also had an... Un- uh, no, okay, that movie may- maybe wasn't was the greatest. Yeah. It was No, but it wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't... Was it horrible? Like, was it... But was it Brie Larson's fault? Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of questions that could have been asked about that one too. Mm-hmm. I think the nuance was really... Lot- and I think that's where... I think that's where uh, if you... If you're a swarm that likes to review bomb, uh, I think you got a little bit of like steam or like a little bit of wind beneath your sails, if you will, uh, with how easy it was to do that for Brie Larson and Captain Marvel too, right? Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that bothers me the most about uh, these bad reviews on a weekly show is that if you want to hate on it, on a whole series, then you have to take in the whole series. And I, you're big on that. You've talked about that huge, a lot. Huge, huge on that. Yeah. You, you can't say that, Mark, you know, for example, Mark Ruffalo, you can't hate his character of the Hulk right now without knowing how, how his character of the Hulk will evolve throughout the story, potentially. We don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with his character by the end of this. Yes, yeah. I think this is a key thing that you're bringing up. There, there's two ways that reviews can work, right? One is the episodic review, and then one is the overall show review. And what you nailed is kind of the issue of, like, how can you give an overall show review to something you've only seen three of, like, maybe ten episodes of? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to, like, you can review episode by episode if you want. But then you have to review episode against episode, right? You can't, like... When you're reviewing episode five of, let's say, Only Murders in the Building, you have to compare it against episodes four, three, two, or the previous season. You can't be like, this show sucks compared to other shows because you're doing an episodic review, right? Now, if you're doing a season two review of Only Murders and you want to say it's better than After Party or not, that that's on you now to as a writer to like explain your case, right? Make your thesis statement and explain your fucking case. But it's it's getting really annoying when it's just like one out of five, uh, Bob in Tallahassee. Um, I don't want to see Muslim superheroes. Like that's not a review. That that's just a take and a poor poor one at that. Right? Like yeah. That that gets back to maybe it's if it's not for you, then don't review it. The show wasn't made for you, right? Like uh, I I want to know if the people who take the time to review bomb things and and per purposely kind of go after specific people and i think i think it's fair to say it's usually female-led women-led projects that are that are usually feeling the wrath of this kind of stuff lately Um, yeah lately um that it's i want to see that be fair enough that you know you guys that those same people also take those reviews uh to like the latest episode of ice road truckers and use their same critical reasoning of being like you know what this episode wasn't as good as last week's and be real about it. Now, I do want to say... Um, you love Ice Road, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say that there's more... When I look at the numbers of uh, the scores of the Marvel shows, and I look at all, everything holistically as a uh, journalism dropout, I want to make sure that both sides are represented to some extent. And there's things like... Um, I do think that new characters to uh, introduce to the MCU are less well received. Um, the three worst rated shows are She-Hulk, Miss Marvel and Moon Knight. So but let's, let's also put the asterisks of that as the audience score, not the critical score, right? Yeah. The IMDb score, the IMDb yeah. rating score. But like the RT and the Metacritic have those yeah, I, I would say Moon Knight's third in those ones, but I think yes, the other yes. two are doing pretty heavily well. Yeah. Moon Knight is is third. The two female led 
um, shows are the uh, have the, the worst scores, I should say. Yeah. But I do think that change and stuff is a, is a contributing factor in some extent. So people might just not like the new direction or not like new characters and just want more Cap and Iron Man. So that could be in defense to some of the. I don't know if that's even defense, but that could what be do you, yeah, a more what do you positive have? explanation. What do you have there for the IMDb score for She-Hulk as it stands? It's 5.4 out of 10. Yeah. So like even, even Rotten Tomatoes has an audience score of 70%. Yes. Yeah. Right. So like there's already that big IMDb is, I, I think what you're kind of nailing here is more or less like who's more susceptible to this. Right. Like we've already, we've seen this happen in the app stores. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when an app just gets review bombed to like one out of five stars and you're like, what? But then you've seen it in the opposite in the app store when you're like, huh, it seems like this has got five stars and 150,000 votes all from like one city in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. So now you're buying your likes. Um, She-Hulk's coming in at about 85% on, on the fresh meter with critics, which is, you know, good it's a good number but like yeah i even have 90 here so 85 90 yeah yeah it may have been dropping a bit but um maybe there there's pretty big divides now i think i'm i am more used to or i am better with i think this is just my age maybe coming out and just the idea of like kind of stuff i've watched i am more used to seeing things that are reviewed poorly be very well received with an audience mm-hmm. right so i'm used to things like a like a, a a how high or a harold and kumar um things that don't necessarily like a half baked that maybe didn't connect with critics but audiences loved it and turned it into cult classics even even crap like the the chris pratt terminal list mm-hmm. not really well reviewed but audiences seem to love it right um I'm not so used to seeing the things where it's like critics adore and it just bombs with audiences. I'm Mm. used to like critics loving and not all audiences understanding, right? Like I can see like a 90, 60, right? Like 90% of critics loved it. 60% of audiences did, but this whole like 80 to 90% of critics loved it. And like 12 to 20% of people liked it. That's where the review bombers are in there. Right. Let's Must get it be. out of the way quick. We're talking about She-Hulk. Have you seen the first episode? Me, yes, I have. And I'm okay. I'm, and I would encourage audience people to watch it as well uh, if yeah. you're into that stuff. Um, I've seen. But you it don't too. have to be right. Like you don't have to be either. Right? I've seen it too, just so the audience knows that we're as caught up as everyone else that has reviewed <laughs> this show so far. Yeah, that you know, there are some critics and stuff who got who got the first four episodes, professional critics and things like that who've seen more of the story, which I think but is audience, important. Yeah. yeah, audience reviews and user reviews on IMDb were as caught up as they are. So, what are they saying? Like, what are the negative reviews? Like, do you know what they're saying? I can tell you a little bit about what people are complaining about. No, go for it. I mean, I didn't. I, I haven't bothered looking at them because. It was weird to me that like users were able to like give something a low score before I had seen it. Yeah. So I have, I want to, you know, make sure that we're playing as fairly as possible. So I'm not going to take a side. I'm definitely not going to defend, but I want to make sure that I'm trying to see as much of someone else's opinion as possible to give it a fair shot. People are saying that the CGI is bad. I think that if you're reviewing something based on a compressed version of something that you've seen on YouTube, it's not going to look as good as a full quality version that you might see from Disney+. Plus. We know that there's a compression and quality difference there. So if you're reviewing it based on not watching it on its proper platform, you might think the CGI is bad to me. Personally, because that's all I can do, watching the episode 
I found the CGI totally fine. I didn't find it distracting one bit. Didn't take me out of the story at all. I'd have to say the worst see the worst special effect in the show is there's a drop kick uh, yeah. in a courtroom <laughs> scene that looked cheesy. Yeah, that's probably the worst. But I think She Hulk and Hulk looked good. People are being harder on She-Hulk than Hulk. But um, because Mark Ruffalo has scruff and things like that, there's a lot more detail that animators can add to the face that gives it more life. It's a lot more difficult to animate a smooth face in, in with computer-generated animation. So Agreed. I mean, female character is harder. Yeah, I mean, it would be nearly... I think it would be creepier to go from like Tatiana Maslany's beautiful, smooth skin to like a crater-faced, pimpled-out She-Hulk. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that yeah. doesn't. That would I think be more jarring than. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was fine with it. Like I, again, right? You got to remember the platform it's for. This isn't mm. like supposed to be a billion-dollar movie. And I mean, at the end of the day, is the She-Hulk VFX still not better than anything we saw with like Eric Bana? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Sure. Like, let's just be yeah. happy. We're at a point in time where you can like, this is not Lou Ferrigno in green paint. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. we should, it's okay guys. Like it's all right. It's pretty um, cool what we're seeing out there, but um, yeah, production budgets are what they are. Right? Like, other complaints are like, you know, Hulk's character has been nerfed, uh, you know, like he's not the same Hulk, which I actually do agree with a little bit. Um, but he's allowed to evolve. I mean, nobody said that about Hemsworth as Thor becoming funnier and goofier and like essentially like surfer Cali boy, right? Which is kind of annoying when you think about it. Like, has there been a crazier like arc I mean, than going from like statuesque Greek mytho- mythological god to like essentially like Keanu Reeves in Point Break? Like, it's, I did. I did see that crit, um, criticism a few times, actually, about the new Thor movie. It's a little too silly. Marvel is moving a little too silly, maybe, is one of the critiques. It, uh, you, know. you know, I have a theory there. It's an entirely different pod, but I'll give you the five-second <laughs> elevator version of it. Sure. <laughs> uh, Marvel had made a call here to go more, I would say, cartoony and, uh, and tongue-in-cheek and jovial thinking that Warner Brothers was not going to abandon Snyder and their dark DCE. Like, you know what I mean? I think they're, they had purposely kind of been like, let's just try to keep it different this way. And now with the DCEU not even existing, really, Marvel's kind of like gone. Like there are, you know what I mean? The, 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 the fucking cart's already out of the, the barn. The horses are out of the barn at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. shit's been getting made. Now, if they veer back and try to make other things a little bit darker over time, we'll see. Because I just feel like Marvel thought they were going to have competition, and they don't. And that's part of it. Mm-hmm. How right? about, like, when you have nobody to compete against, your shit's going to start kind of sucking, right? Like, it's, it's what it how about, is. How about things that, that are upset, or reviews that are upset about um, the show taking, like, pot shots at established heroes? Like, for example, like, how they're kind of, like, making fun of people like Steve Rogers and you know, the Holy uh, grail, like it's, it's on the untouchable somehow. Um, or, well, you know, like, uh, it's not, um, she Hulk. So it's kind of a tangent, but if you look at how Obi-Wan has, was portrayed in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, as opposed to what we thought of yeah. Obi-Wan from the previous, you know, six, months. I haven't watched it. So I can't give you the critics point of view on that. I can only just, be like yes or no maybe you're right mm-hmm. but i mean if it's different it's different i guess there, there's got to be an active choice right some i think with a kenobi kind of scenario you've you probably had like you watched the whole season i'm assuming uh, no i didn't i stopped yeah. at about the fourth episode because it got pretty bad and i would say that um from the people that i uh film or <laughs> other people that i watch that review things that. yeah 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 uh, a lot of them shared opinion that it did get pretty rough. 
Okay, so that's fair. Like, listen, you should always have your, like, sort of trusted circle of people who watch specific things and you can trust about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll save you time, right? Like, they're, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to ask, uh, I'm not going to ask, like, my sister what she thought of the Sandman. Because <laughs> I know that's not her thing, mm-hmm. right? But I know that there are people I could be like, what did you think of the Sandman? And they'll give you an honest take. And then if if that's something you want, like, the sandbox you want to play in, then at least you have an informed kind of review of it and not just sort of like the i put out on for like 10 minutes and didn't like it right now how do you feel about marvel branching out so because they're so large because they are so successful with their um media empire (laughs) with the mcu they are taking the taking the steps to a now make shows that appeal to different types of people. So, you know, Iron Man 1, those first, like, six movies, Avengers, maybe the first almost 20 movies appealed to comic book fans. Mm-hmm. And now, Agreed. now they're stepping out to go, oh, maybe we can write a show that appeals to this audience or appeals to this audience as opposed to just that core comic book fan. In my mind... What we're what we're really seeing is that audience backlashing because it's not focused on them anymore. Right now, yeah, and then they'll have the same argument that it's either uh, not narrow enough for them, but it's also too big in scope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's there's like fifteen shows, mm-hmm. right? I think it's. It's a fallacy to think that they're all going to be for for one type of person. Now, I think the overall comic book fan does kind of enjoy it, right? Like what I've heard from some of the real comic people uh, that I've seen She-Hulk so far is that they actually do really like the asides. That they think it's kind of not true to the story of it, but true to the a spirit of the comic, if you will, right? Not true to the story and true to the spirit. And I think that's something that's going to be coming pretty, I think that's more important for Marvel. And I think that's kind of like Feige, you can take that line from me right now, right? Because I think the idea of when they came out of the gates, you're right. The the fandom was uh, obsessed because of the truth, uh, the truth uh, to the story, Right. Uh, they take they rain so like a lot of people enjoyed it because all the other comic book movies they'd ever seen before weren't like true to the story of the comic book and now they were and then eventually shit changes right uh so why not be true to the spirit now i don't know if i don't know if that's why you see female-led projects on marvel being review bombed i don't think it is i think we know what the answer is but I'm not going to say it because we also are asking for reviews on this damn podcast, right? Like, it's like, do we really want to bring on that ire? I don't well, know. I think we're the best two male podcast hosts to give the answer, don't you? Oh, of course. <laughs> we're going right into, like, the Dragon's Den, if you think about it, right? We're Listen, we're two men it. hosting a podcast, <laughs> listened to by, mostly by men. Uh, and I bet you we've got like a small contingent of those men who listen, who are like, fuck you. Why are you calling me out this week on review? (laughs) You know, if you really have read and paid attention to comic books, if you're really offended, that comic books are not, are changing and doing things. You haven't really paid attention because comic comics are actually pretty progressive. Like comics throughout their history, we're one of the first forms of media to tackle drug use. We're one of the first forms of media to tackle like homosexuality and things like that. You know, like in popular media, they were making these steps well before. I mean, there was a lot of fluff at the same time, but I mean, there's hits and misses there. Sure. There's uh female characters have been sexualized forever. Yeah. So you can't, I can't say, you know, I talked to my Whoa. wife about this, and I can't say they're yeah. all good, but they have had strong female characters in that mix, too. I would say it's one of those things where it's product of the times, right? You kind of hate that saying at the same time. But, yeah, if you're a comic that was written in the 50s and 60s, you're going to have a certain language that's in there. 
That maybe isn't the language you would use today. But you're probably not wrong about the idea that it was also one of the few mediums at the time that was pushing prog- like progressive ideas of like mm. equality, racial or um or or female or women. What is it? Women's equality? I don't even I Gender equality. Gender equality. That's the one. <laughs> oh, that's where we are now. True. That's true. That's true. Um, it's okay that you could come up with that. <laughs> I forget where we are. I just, everything should be equal at this point. Um, and so, yeah, they were there pushing that. But yeah, it's kind of strange to see it all flipped on its head here now. 50, 60, 70 years after the fact. Almost 80, 90, I guess, if you count like Superman's 30s creation. Um that now you're here 80, 90 years later, and it's it's kind of the, I don't want to say a voice of conservatism, but there is a lot more pushback, you'd think. And, and it's just a weird kind of time, man. Like, it's, it's hard to explain why you, it's easier for people to get riled up and want to just not push forward. Well, than it gotta, is to just complain, I guess. Yeah. I kind of want to take both sides on the Marvel doesn't need to change argument because Marvel grew to the biggest media shared universe company of all time by making comic book movies. Yeah. And everybody almost <laughs> uh, either embraced it or dragged their significant other to it. <laughs> In my case. And um, they still grew and grew and grew and grew. And so if they hadn't decided to go, hey, let's span out and try different genres and let's try to appeal to different people, would they still be hitting, making hits after hit after hit? I think they probably would. I Yes and no. I think you would end up with... What's the point of not growing the base, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, there's it becomes a certain point where you risk stagnation, and that mm-hmm. if you're not going to expand, you're not going to evolve, you're not going to try new things. Uh, you might lose some of the people you still have just just from apathy, right? Because if you get to movie thirty four and I'm kind of watching the same old thing, I'm, I maybe it maybe it feels safe like I can check out now because yeah. I'm not missing anything new. Right. Uh, I think they're in a place where they can kind of they can do both. Right. Um, Listen, if you're if you're the person who's super upset about how the movies just aren't the same. Well, they will be right. Like eventually when you go see an Avengers movie, it's going to be an Avengers movie Mm -hmm. because though She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel might be in it. They're not going to be She-Hulk or Ms. Marvel movies. Right. So at a certain point, you just have to kind of roll with it, right? Like you either, and no one's saying you either love it all or you hate, like you have to hate it all. Like you, you're allowed to pick and choose here, right? Like you're allowed to be like me and be like, I don't know if Moon Knight is for me. And then eventually watch it and be like, still not convinced it was for you, but not hate it. I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I'm also, I, I also didn't leave having watched it going, oh, poor, I, I was not mad at myself for having waited. Right. It wasn't like one of those things where like when I started watching Breaking Bad and I was like, I can't believe this shit's been on for three years. What the fuck's been wrong with me? Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Right. Like, I think that this is it the, didn't have to, you know, like to me, like because I was just taking that opinion and seeing if I can defend it to me, I think branching out might give us the best of the best at the same time. So it might get some that aren't don't work. Hits and misses. But a long time ago, Captain America the Winter Soldier was kind of a change for Marvel off the formula. It was their first spy espionage genre. And that, to most people who are really into the MCU the way it was, is the best Marvel movie out of the first 20. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that they kind of changed the formula. And so... To an extent, this is kind of what they're doing again, and we're just a couple off of maybe having that real home run genre breaking show or film or movie or whatever 
that we go, wow, they really hit it with that one. And right. we don't get there unless they do change things and make things for different people. Yeah. Uh, 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 here's a good example. Right? The year is 2015. And the movie is Ant-Man. <laughs> right? Ant-Man, uh, uh, when you think about it, when we, when we look back now on it, we're like, oh, yeah, it was so different. <laughs> but was it? Not really. It was just funnier, right? Yeah. But in 2022, if you were now MCU, and let's say Ant-Man had never come out, and you were going to be launching Ant-Man now, would you not have actually... Would you not now actually let Edgar Wright do it? Yeah, I mean, he should have done it anyway, really. Well, yeah, but I, but in Marvel's world in 2015, the world wasn't ready for Edgar's Ant-Man. Yeah. yeah. But I think had Ant-Man not launched in 2022, Edgar's Ant-Man's perfect for Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're just we're in a different time with the project, like the MCU, <laughs> where they can, where they can explore and be like, yo, let's let's try something a little bit different here. Let's let's make a a John Hughes like kids teen tween like you know what I mean? Like I enjoyed Ms. Marvel, but you know why? Not because of all the brown culture that I could relate to. Okay. But deep down, it felt like I was watching Lizzie McGuire, man. And I love oh, that. Okay. But, you know, like, okay. It was the nostalgia kick of like, oh, shit. Is this iCarly? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, that's what it was. I and, was assuming it was your cultural bias, but I'm glad you cleared it, that up. <laughs> it, you would think it was the cultural bias, but no. It was the, like, I love the fact that this is reminding me of, like, all of that. Family Channel, Disney crap from like when I was younger, right? Yeah. yeah and that's yeah, who yeah. it's made for. That's who it was made for. So if I had tuned into Ms. Marvel and be like, I hate this show because I'm not brown and I'm not culturally like understanding it. Uh, but if I was, I don't know, a 13 to 15 year old tween, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'd have been like, I like the vibe of this show, right? Yeah. Is that what it gives you? It's uh, the Lizzie McGuire. I just see, I didn't watch. Miss Marvel. Oh, okay, yeah. So Ms. Marvel gives me that sort of like uh I feel like you know what I mean? Like it, it feel watching Ms. Marvel, I was like, oh, this is what Spider-Man was trying. Oh, okay. Like that idea of like high school, kids hanging out. This is like the more real real of it, right? Like whereas Spider-Man's always hard to make like it would have been very hard to make Tom Holland's uh Spider-Man as much as it's very grounded in the high school jovial fun little spirit it's still hard right because he's being raised by his character. well no but he's raised being it's not like his story is fun he's still mm -hmm. being raised by his aunt after something tragic has happened like there is already tragedy there it's hard mm -hmm. to be like let's come out of the gates making this kid hilarious yeah can't. okay it can't be as lighthearted. yeah yeah right whereas ms marvel it's kind of like okay man you like you know, your parents are together <laughs> like there's not they're alive like what's your trauma what is right. your trauma? So that's why you get to be a little bit more free and a bit more. Right. And that is one of the haters issues that there isn't enough. What What is the, it's, they always have to be like an orphan or something like that yeah, to be a right. good superhero. Yeah, there was, uh, yeah, exactly. There was that meme that was kicking around and I was like, yeah, that's actually pretty funny. It's like, you're either an orphan uh, or you'd had some, like your, your spouse is murdered mm -hmm. or something. Um, and then I think the last one was like, or somebody kills your dog just because they wanted to make a John Wick meme out of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, okay. Um, I I think, listen, the elephant in the room that we just don't want to address is that there's always some political undertones to this stuff too. Mm -hmm. Right? And there are many and many a time where something is review bombed in a way that... You, <laughs> I think what I think the takeaway from this entire pod, uh, as we kind of wrap it up into the next last little bit here, is that it's on all of us to watch and decide for ourselves. Yeah, that's because it. there's 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 no point in time where you know for sure until you've watched. There's just isn't. I I was not sure if Wonder Woman eighty four was actually <laughs> bad or not. And now I, you know. <laughs> and now I know. That right? is because, terrible. <laughs> and it wasn't just like all of the the anti-gal hate that 
is just there's so many political undertones that come with that one of why she gets hate. <laughs> um, but then it doesn't help when she makes cringy little pandemic videos where they're singing around the world, right? Like that yeah. also doesn't help. So I feel like Gal's in a very, very tenuous spot right now in Hollywood where it's like she just needs to make a good movie and like kind of stay out of the way because like Red Notice kind of sucked too, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that was one of the rare times where like critics and audiences were both like aligned with like, it's okay, but it's not great. You know, you know, it was one of those. I mean, we're not getting into DC. Yeah. Zack Snyder cast that, cast the Justice League perfectly, but the films are trash. Like the stories don't work. They don't, they're not the written like the characters are supposed to be. You know, there's lots of issues, but Gal Gal is a great Wonder Woman and can be a great Wonder Woman. But the movie was bad. The uh, movie was bad, exactly. But and I wasn't sure because yeah, you didn't let's know until back, you knew. Let's right? get back but, to She Hulk. But did you watch She Hulk? No, no. Hold on, John. But but <laughs> but but in true fashion of what the message is today, you got to find something redeeming, even in the worst projects, right? Okay. And Pedro Pascal, he really, like, he just chewed up that scenery. Like, you knew he wanted to be on set every day of Wonder Woman 84. He may have been the worst part of the movie. Yeah. But he may have also been the best part of the movie, which is which is a unique thing. It's like I like Puffin, Chris Pine. <laughs> right? Like, no, but I mean, like, Pedro pulled off, like, what P. Diddy did in the 90s. Where it was kind of <laughs> like, he's the worst part of this song. But... He's the reason it's so great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, so I, I meant to ask, did you like She-Hulk? I think I'm one episode in. Mm-hmm. Uh, too early to judge whether I will like the whole show. Uh, episode one was enjoyable enough. Mm-hmm. And let's go and see from there. I, I think I'm down with the tone. Yeah. I like it. Um, I think... I think this might be the one that kind of can go for. I know we say it often, but the only time I've actually been right is when I said it for Loki. Remember when I did say this one could keep going, uh, and it did. They're and it's going keep to going with all of them if they can. But not yeah, all I, of them. Not all. This one definitely has has it in potential. It. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know what? After having after them having promised a sitcom from WandaVision, mm-hmm. this actually feels like a sitcom. Yeah. That's what I'll say is like this one actually feels like, oh, you can it's a big bang. It's a it's a friends. It's a it's a Abbott Elementary. It's a whatever, right? Like it's a twenty two to thirty minute comedy thing and it sets itself up for a weekly court case. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for courtroom drama, right? Like I love a show that's got a courtroom scene. That's why I love Night Court growing up, right? Like I'm interested to see how Daredevil's tone, the character Daredevil, how his tone will mesh with the She-Hulk tone. I think you see him for what one episode. That's it. I mean, we don't know. So uh, that would be my theory. I think the yeah. idea is um, you're going to see not huge cameos, but you will see cameos, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's about time that we start investigating the idea that hey, they all live in New York, and half of these people are lawyers. <laughs> right like yeah at some point she's they in, met at a conference you know what she's I mean? in like, california i guess anyway is she i thought she was yeah. in new york in this uh, i think it's oh california. okay maybe but either way like i don't i didn't catch that that's something yeah <laughs> episode episode two will inform me further like i'm fine with it mm-hmm. um it's it's great for now until i don't like it or i lose interest or until i finish it it'll just there's so much there but it's it's Find what you like, right, man? I'm still, you know, Only Murders is kind of my number one right now. Yeah. And then behind that is just anything else I can kind of dig my teeth into. Sure. I mean, if we're going by number ones, this is a really weird, we're a really weird group of guys to review anything because yours is Only Murders in the Building, like starring two baby boomers. And mine is Naruto. I watch it. I'm watching for <laughs> Selena Gomez. I think that's been yeah, long right. established. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. I've, I've been... The I've live been doll that Steve Martin and Martin Short bring with them. <laughs> I've been pro-Selena since uh, the Bieber split, to be honest. I think she's great, actually, on that show. 
Um, not to like, um, you've never, have you watched or no? Only Murders? Oh yeah, I watched the whole first season. Have you started season two? No. Oh, season two is, um, I would say fun because it's like, you wouldn't think that the story could get more intricate, but it has. Like it's 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 a pleasant. Here's my quick review, and you'll take it because I'm a trusted source. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's actually a pleasant surprise because I think anytime you watch a show like Only Murders in the Building or anything that's got like even like The Good Place where it had like a season one twist, uh, anything that's got that kind of build up, mm-hmm. you just assume that the next season is kind of has has to be a letdown in a certain way, right? Because now we're settling into something. Uh, like we've now we're in the groove of the of the show, so now it's gonna kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the roller coasters come down from the hill. So now we're just kind of like waiting for the next climb. Whereas this one is kind of like, oh goodness, like let's just jump right into a loop, right? Like, and you don't. Mm. I didn't think they'd be able to pull it off, but they have, which is great for season two, but worries me for season three, right? Because yeah. at some point I'm expecting the drop off. Eventually, you run into the M Night issues. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh goodness. Or Saw, Saw, like the original Saw. The twist in that was so epic, and then you start expecting the twist. When you start expecting the twist, is when you lose it a little. Right. Okay. Well, since we're not, I mean, we're you've made the point that we shouldn't be really giving our opinion, but I did. Enjoy the first episode. Well, I mean, we you give your episodic review. Yeah. Right? This is this is where you Our, My whole take is this. You can say whether you liked the episode or not. You can't tell me though whether you the show hate great. the show, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we like I mean, we're big fans of the star of this. We liked Orphan Black. Um, I wanted to watch because I wanted to see what she was gonna do in the Marvel universe. And uh, she's very charismatic. She's excellent in the role. I like the take. I like the fourth wall. It's very true to the character in the comic books. She Hulk is very self-aware and very meta in the comics. Staying so true to you, that spirit. There you all go. You, all you comic true purists out there know that that's how she she Hulk is supposed to be, and um. It'll be interesting to see her and Deadpool together. Yeah. To break in the fourth wall. Will that be, will they break? Is there an eighth wall? Is that how that works? I don't know. It, actually, the only way I could see that being scripted out <laughs> would be you'd have to have She-Hulk doing her thing to the camera. And then you'd have to have Deadpool in the back, kind of like looking over her shoulder, kind of being like, what is she doing? <laughs> Working the camera. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got to break her fourth wall is what he's yeah, got to talk do. back to her yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man oh we wrote it we just made it up and, and that's there perfect. you go just like that on top of it yeah man but anyways thanks guys for listening right <laughs> is it that time of night it's that time of night okay well i want to thank everybody for listening for checking it out thanks for checking out our poll by the way that was kind of fun to do yeah. Thanks for viewing and checking out our website, cyctpod.com. Again, that's cyctpod.com. Is that, is that right? Am I saying it right? I, I think you got the right address there. cyctpod.com. Sounds accurate. That's three times instead. Okay. So it should be memorized by now. Yeah. So okay. uh, go check us out at cyctpod.com and. Uh, Go tell your friends on Apple Podcasts to check us out. Uh, go check us out on Google Podcasts, too. You know, I like it because I get an alert when the podcast is up. Oh, look at that. It's, I mean, uh, I'm no, I know. Personally, I know that it's up. But if you guys don't know when it's getting up, it's nice to have a to be subscribed so you do get the alert. Alerts are important that way. Hey, well, in the spirit of the pod, have a good one. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Have a great week. Thanks a lot for listening. See you later. Yep. Hey, if you're going to re- review bomb us, at least, you know, 
share that review with like a couple hundred of your best friends so we get some more listens, you know. That would be one take, eh? Like, could you become the most popular podcast by having been bombed down to one out of five everywhere? Sure. Is that is that like the, I mean, hey, any press is good press. Is that the saying? You get enough heat, people are going to start listening to see what the fuss is about. <laughs> I guess we could go for all in, but uh, <laughs> I'm not really ready for that. All right. Well, next week we do Gal Gadot takedown. And you confirm that is brought to you by C Plus Productions.